the only talk radio afternoon drive show that makes sense beyond the headline with Aldrin Simpia right here on SAFM it is uh, 21 minutes after three o'clock we're in conversation next with Elaine Martinez who is a senior researcher in the children's rights division at human rights watch we look at issue of a teenage pregnancy in Mozambique or the issue of teenage pregnancy in Mozambique. This as the country has the highest adolescent pregnancy rate in East as well as Southern Africa. According to the latest Human Rights Watch report, one of the most significant root causes of adolescent pregnancies in Mozambique is the country's persistently high rate of child marriages. 53% of girls are married before they are 18 and 17% are married before they are 15 often in informal unions. Uh, Elaine is now joining us on the line. Elaine, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. Um, tell us about this study that you've done and the research and what this research has uncovered and why is it that it is Cabo Delgado that has the highest numbers in, within Mozambique? Well, very good afternoon and thanks so much for the spotlight on this really, really serious issue um, a human rights issue for so many girls in, in Mozambique. Um, what our report found and, and actually what our, what our biggest concern was, in addition to what you have outlined, the highest rates of child, what some of the highest rates of child marriage around the world and, and some of the highest pregnancy rates, is the fact that so many adolescent girls and young women are out of school as a result of their, you know, their pregnancy or parenthood, um, due in part to the fact that there is a very big gap in understanding about the right to education of, of girls who are pregnant or are parents, and the fact that schools continue to turn uh, many girls down or shift them to the night shift, so away from day schools. Um, and this was something, you know, this, is a con- this has been a very long-term concern in, in Mozambique. Um, despite the fact that the government has taken some steps to to you know clamp down on the discrimination against girls who are pregnant or parents so with the with the with the initial problem being the the pregnancy itself or even um the girls getting married at a very young age what steps are known to have been taken by the mozambican government to say that we need to stem this out because we also have the sdg goals that we need to speak about um that mozambique has signed up to yeah, for I mean, first and foremost, you know, every girl, every child has the right to be in school um, and schools have an obligation to really ensure that they're accommodating children who, for various reasons, um, may drop out. I mean, in the case of girls, they have so many barriers stacked against them and challenges. I mean, you've outlined a few, but of course, poverty is a massive challenge for a lot of girls, whether they're pregnant or their parents. But if they're pregnant or parents, uh, trying to combine childcare and the cost of going to school because school is not free in, in uh, secondary school is not free in, in Mozambique, you know, that constitutes a massive challenge. And the government, by signing up not just to the, to the sustainable development goals, as you say, which have an ultimate goal of ensuring that all students are in school by 2030, so a very few years ago, but also many other, you know, commitments uh, related to the African Union, to the UN, and others. And so, you know, what our report shows is that there's a massive challenge, uh, you know, in in, in um, Mozambique's hands, um, and that a number of steps need to be taken to really get it towards completing to complying with its obligations, yeah. namely, the, f- the fact that, um, a, of course, they have to tackle 
it's incredible they're incredibly high adolescent pregnancy rates and that's actually by being responsive to what adolescent uh children like so what children need and young people need including you know access to adequate reproductive and sexual rights uh, health programs um including you know comprehensive sexuality education and i know that uh, south africa is also going through a very similar conversation at the moment uh, but more importantly you know in addition to those two is really ensuring that girls and young women are supported to stay in school really tackling discrimination and stigma that really prevails in many schools and issuing an outright instruction as many countries like south africa have done that girls uh, and young women who are pregnant or parents belong in school and it is their right to education to be in schools yeah uh, do we know of any legislation that has been pushed by the mozambican government because here in south africa for instance if the child is um, under 16 it is considered to be statutory rape so it is a criminal offense and also um we also outlawed underage marriage in the country has mozambique taken similar steps well so mozambique adopted uh uh a law uh, a few years ago to ensure that there was, I mean, so it was illegal to marry a child under the age of 18, and that was for both boys and girls, uh, with no exceptions. Um, it has also taken steps to uh, increase, uh, you know, the prosecution for sexual offenses, uh, including rape and sexual abuse. Um, but the reality is that child marriages continue and, and you know, also informal unions continue among amongst uh, teenagers. Um, and um, in that context, it has been very hard to um, to really uh, sort of curtail the kinds of abuses that we're talking about. Now, earlier on, you asked me about Cabo Delgado province. Um, and, you know, particularly we have to remember that this is a, a province that has been seriously impacted by um, Islamic uh, uh, sort of fund, sorry, excuse me, fundamentalist yeah. um, groups, insurgency that are uh, attacking civilians and particularly you know using sexual violence as one of their tactics, and that has caused enormous displacement to other provinces in in uh, Mozambique and. Uh, in that displacement, in a in a context of widespread sexual violence and loss of community, a lot of girls uh, have suffered sexual violence, and many of them, I mean, many of those cases have resulted in uh, pregnancies. But it's also in the context of uh, where I mean, a province where child marriage uh, was already very high, uh, you know, and, and around the world we see this where, where where child marriage happens very frequently. There's also huge numbers of adolescent. Uh, girls who are pregnant. Um, so, I mean, this this is just the context that Mozambique is facing. Uh, you know, in in addition to uh, climate change related na natural hazards that are also impacting girls in many ways and breaking down the structures that protect girls and lead to uh, adolescent pregnancies. Mm -hmm. What about the programs post um, the pregnancy after the child has given birth? Do we know of any support programs, any campaigns to encourage the girls to still go back to school and whether they do get the support that is required that would allow them to actually focus on their education while still being a mother? This is precisely one of our findings. Uh, I mean, the government has taken some modest steps to address the situation faced specifically by adolescent girls in these, uh, in, you know, facing pregnancy, sorry, facing pregnancy or parenthood. There is a modest uh, 
you know, child support grant being rolled out, although still at a very modest level and only as a pilot in a number of provinces. And so it hasn't reached a universal status across Mozambique. Um, and of course, I, I should acknowledge, and we found this, and it was very encouraging to find teachers that are also doing their best to ensure that girls are supported and encouraged to stay in school, trying to find accommodations, trying to find, uh, you know, the steps they can take to, to really uh, support girls um, at a really crucial time, a very vulnerable time in their lives. Um, now, one thing we are encouraging the government uh, of Mozambique to do is to scale these measures up. Um, the only way to do this is firstly by issuing instructions at a ministerial level and ensuring that there's monitoring in place and resources in place for schools to be able to ensure that girls are provided the flexibility uh, at the school level, are provided the kind of financial support they need. And in particular, we're pushing the government to ensure that there's universal access to early childhood education that you know, uh, you know means preschool, nurseries, uh, uh, next to schools where you know adolescent girls go to, uh, because it's not that, and that's not just for pregnant girls or adolescent mothers. It's also for girls who take on enormous responsibility in their households uh, and take care, you know, responsibilities for their younger children. Right. So it would benefit a much bigger yeah. uh, population of girls. Um, and you know, it's it's in doing these steps that the government will really tackle the problem. I mean, so small steps are really important, but it really needs to be taken at scale now, yeah. just given the urgency and the fact that so many thousands of girls are affected every year. Ellen, just quickly, um, are you able to give us um, the youngest person to have been married off as part of your research, how old they were and how old the oldest person um, who would have married the young person was? So actually it varied. Um, I mean, a lot of the girls that we interviewed were uh, between 15, 19, some were older than that. And we need to remember that it's not just official child marriages. Mm. The fact that there is a lot of informal unions uh, that are not registered as child marriages impact a lot more girls that we met. I mean, there were some girls who were as young as 15, 16. Um, one of the girls uh that we, Monata, who we interviewed, and um, who's actually, who is an IDP, an inter internally displaced person from Cabo Delgado province, was between 17 uh, when she was uh, you know, promised off to a man who was twice her age, um, who actually then insisted on taking her out of school and putting her into a night shift because he didn't want her to interact with other children. Sure. Um, so, you know, I, it's just, it's, these stories, I mean, every girl has such a complex story. And so what matters is that, uh, you know, we really emphasize just how vulnerable they are at this yeah. stage of their life. Elaine, thank you so much for your time. Elaine Martinez is a senior researcher at the Children's Rights Division at Human Rights Watch. It's